0: I am Ebony Farley. Welcome and thank you for listening to the podcast, Abort Now, Abortion Stories from the Womb to the Heart. I believe there is power in our stories. Our personal experiences have the ability to inspire others and ignite new ways of thinking, but a story untold never fully unfolds. And that is why, here at Abort Now, we share the powerful abortion stories of women who have multiple experiences and desire to share them with you, with hopes of impacting you in a way that will help you, that will encourage you, and that will let you know that you are in no way, shape, or form alone. So Janelle, you are here
1: today to share with us. Your abortion story, your recovery story, your experience that you have lived by way of the abortion decision. Mm -hmm. And so you can take this time to just share with us whatever you would like to the extent that you would like with the purpose of hopefully having the story bless somebody in a way if they are trying to decide what to do if they find themselves in an unplanned pregnancy, that your story might be able to reach somebody and speak to them encourage them, or help them make a decision, a life-changing decision for themselves, and also for the child that they may be carrying and trying to, to decide what to do with the child. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience?
2: Absolutely. So I was born and raised in the church, and at the time, after graduating high school, I went to uh, Michigan State, and that was when I kind of... Um, became free, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, So piercings and tattoos and all this foolishness that your parents tell you not to get. So shortly after, with that freedom, um, not too long after uh, losing my virginity, um, the year 2000, I had met a gentleman. I met a gentleman. And we were dating and, you know, we were having sex unprotected. It was something that, you know, I think growing up, in the church, that was something that wasn't really talked about. Like how to protect yourself or, you know, what that would look like if you got pregnant or whatever. And um, so I was just doing my thing. Obviously, I got pregnant. I remember laying in my dorm room. Oh my gosh, uh, my chest was hurting so bad and I had asked uh, one of my roommates, I'm like, you know, have you ever experienced this before? You know, what is this? I'm not feeling good, I had a fever. Um, And she was like, you're probably pregnant. And I uh, immediately hearing her say, if you're pregnant, you need to get an abortion. I didn't even, at that time, I didn't even know what an abortion was. Mm -hmm. You know, I had talked to her and I'm like, well, what do you mean getting an an abortion? What what does that look like? She was like, oh, that's, you know, that's when you kill your child or, you know, before they even, you know, come to fruition, if you will. And I'm like, absolutely not. That's what I'm not doing. I remember I called the uh, young guy. He lived in Detroit. He lived in Detroit. I called him and I was like, listen, I think that I'm pregnant. And you know, he's like, well, what do you mean, think? Like, and he was slightly older. He was my, for my recollection, he's in his forties now. So maybe like six, six years older than me. Mm-hmm. Six about five or six years older than me and um he was like you need to find out so i remember going to a store the same roommate that i had you know suggested an abortion I, we went to a store together and i got a pregnancy test and i about passed out i was like oh my god like you know it's my second year of um of undergrad mm-hmm. um a child like you know what does that look like i was 20 years old i um, was actually in 2000 i was 19 almost 20
0: mm-hmm.
2: years old when i found out i'm like what I don't even know what to do like I knew that I wasn't feeling good I knew that my chest was on fire and mm-hmm. I had a fever so I called the gentleman back and I, I said to him you know hey uh, the test came back positive and he was silent for forever I mean it was like a, the longest silence in the world and I remember him telling me you know let me call you back
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I'm like sure you know no problem and I remember waiting by the phone all night you know, we didn't have cell phones like that back then, so I was literally waiting by the phone, which felt like years, and he finally called me back. He called me back at like 2-something in the morning, mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, um, I need to tell you something, and I'm like, you know, what is it? You know, he's like, well, I, I've been meaning to tell you for a while that I got called. I've been drafted into the Army, and I'm going to be leaving in the next few weeks, and I'll be gone for months, and, um, you know, so I wouldn't even be here to help you raise a child. Mm-hmm. You know, as a person growing, growing up in a two-parent home, for me, I'm like, but so raise a child by yourself? What? Like, mm-hmm. what is that? You know, I don't—I I didn't know what any of this looked like. Pregnancy, um, raising a child on my own, like, all of this was foreign to me, you know, and um, he was like, so, I, you know, I think your best option, he was like, you're going to have to get an abortion because I would just hate that for you. Like, and he sounded so, I recall him being sounding so sincere, you mm-hmm. know, of me being this single parent, you know, and I'm like, you know, feeding into it. I'm like, man, you're right. I can't raise a child by myself. You know, I'm an undergrad. That wouldn't be fair to the child. Here are all these different things that are, you know, running through my mind and, So I was like, okay, I mean, if you're going to the Army, that's what I'm going to have to do, you know, Mm -hmm. still not really understanding any of this. And so I did, I I remember I uh, drove to the city of Detroit. It was early morning, too. I drove to the city of Detroit. And at this time, I had another friend. um, She went with me. And um, when we pulled up, all I remember was seeing a bunch of picketed signs and People telling me I was a murderer and all these pictures of a baby. All I kept hearing was him telling me, don't look at that. Don't pay no attention to that. And my friend on the side is like, don't, you know, just look down, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, still confused. Like, you guys, like, I don't understand. Like, I, why, what, why shouldn't I look at this? You know, like, I, I didn't, I still was unresolved with the fact that A, I was pregnant, B, I had this gentleman tell me he's going to the army that I would have to raise a child by myself. I didn't know what that looked like. And C, now I'm in this foreign place, you know, I, I remember the building it was so small, it was white and just dark, mm-hmm. you know. And so we went inside and they did, um, they um, took a picture, took a picture of the baby and they told me what the procedure would be, you know, Asked me did I I remember them asking did I want to pay extra, you know, money or whatever, to have uh, the pain like to not experience the pain that much, to not experience the pain that much and I still didn't understand. All I remember is that he paid for everything mm-hmm. and that he was like yes she's gonna need that you know she's gonna need all of these different things and. I remember taking the medicine, but I remember being slightly checked out after that. Um, I remember being on the table, and I started bawling. Because I think in that moment is when I actually knew where the the dots connected. And I remember the, the doctor saying to me, there's no use of crying now. You should have never got yourself in this mess in the first place. Wow. I remember that, like, Oh oh my god. I remember his face. I remember him saying that to me and I remember at that time they let a, my friend, I couldn't believe it, uh come into the room with me and she held my hand through the whole process and in that in that particular setting um I went through the procedure. I just was cry. I remember bawling. And they accidentally, I guess in the 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 um the the box or tube if you will That they use To place the baby in They're supposed to cover it Well in my situation they forgot to Oh wow, mine so, too yeah, So I lost it mm-hmm. Like you know I remember I was just crying so hard That the nurses had to come in And get me off the floor uh, Cause I Oh my god Jesus uh, I, I, I couldn't handle that I remember after recovery I was getting in the car with my friend who t- who took me, who drove me down. And the gentleman that I that I had the abortion by, he said to me in the parking lot after I just got finished. He said, "I just want you to know that I'm not going to the army, but I wasn't. Re- I'm not ready for a child, and I had to make sure that you didn't have a child. And the only way that I knew that you wouldn't have it is if I lied to you and I." I told you. uh, You said in the
1: parking lot? In the
2: parking lot at the abortion clinic. And um, he said the only, I I knew that I had to tell you that because that was the only way you would have had an abortion. And I, when I tell you that for the that day, uh, probably I want to say for the next five or six years of my life played an intricate part into what was to come. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with being in a domestic violence relationship and falling into depression and aborting processes. That's one of the things that I believe about abortions is that when you abort the fetus and, and a baby, in, in my in my language, forget what the doctor is saying, when you abort your child, you not only abort your child, but you abort processes in your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, whether that's school. I had quit school, you know, in Michigan State. I had quit school. I actually... I didn't even go back to school um, at Michigan State till like eight years later. Mm-hmm. After I had left, I had aborted to school. Um, I had felt failing. I had fallen significantly ill. Um, they called me in a, They d- diagnosed me with um, anorexia, mm-hmm. um, and I was depressed and I was suicidal.
1: Are so, those symptoms that you or things that you experienced prior to? I've never in my life. abortion, mind. or would you say it was only after? That was
2: definitely the abortion. Um, I never in my life experienced night terrors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never in my life experienced suicidal ideation. I never in my life uh, did not eat or want to eat or felt like this dark place in my life. You know, when I when I left for college, I knew what I was doing. I knew I was going to law school. I knew I was going to be this great lawyer with mm-hmm. great ambition and drive to really help people. And um, that that. I know for a fact is what abortion did. It aborted or it halted, mm-hmm. you know, who I was to become uh, next, for sure. absolutely absolutely. So that's, that's my story. That's where my life shifted and it was not for the better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So what impact beyond the things that you've mentioned, would you say your um, choice to have an abortion played in, in your in the future thereafter how did it impact you beyond the depression and the the night terrors and and those things
2: um it impacted me because not too long after that my my first abortion and i'll say my first abortion because i i fell into a a domestic violence relationship not too long after that Mm -hmm. and in my mind and what the enemy you know had me to believe at that time is that that was my punishment for my abortion with that in that relationship I, I became pregnant again and he was he demanded that i got an abortion or that he would beat it out of me so um it didn't it impacted it and all in my choices you know and my choices in men because i felt like i was no longer worthy to you know save myself for someone who was on the same wavelength as i as i was you know mm-hmm. in college and and doing well for myself and good grades and, you know, having education first and and really being raised in a home with strong morals and values, you know. So it put me in a place where, you know, the gentleman I was in a domestic violence relationship with, he had eight kids, and, you know, so he had eight kids and, like, five baby mamas, and here I was, you know, another... Another mm-hmm. statistic. So it impacted me in more ways than one. You know, it, it impacted me emotionally. I spiritually, I did not go to church. I went to church because I remember after my first abortion, I, I had. I remember when I got back home because I was so messed up. I had got back to my dorm room and my mother, uh, she's my best friend, and I don't keep anything from her. And I remember calling her and I bawled. And I I had to tell her, I, I told her. I, I didn't even know if she knew what an abortion was, and actually she didn't because she was like, what do you mean, you know, like, you aborted your child, and I was like, mama, you know, I, I killed my child, that's what I did. And my mom bought on the phone. Um, oh, man, she, she cried. She cried really, really hard. Uh, she, you know, was begging me like why didn't I tell her you know and all these different things and and I say that part because like she was like you gotta come back to church Janelle you gotta you know I need you to come to church with me and I didn't go I went to church with her maybe like two months later and and I really went cause I was, I was frail I was dropping weight like super fast and my godfather you know um, at the time he was our pastor and he uh, wanted to pray for me. And I remember going to church, and I just bought. I bought and I told him, you know, I hated myself. I was like, I, I just can't believe I did this. And after he prayed for me, I didn't go back to church for some years. It took a while, mm-hmm. you know, for me to go back to church. Um, I mean, I felt like, who was I going to talk to about this, you know? that was That's not something that, in my opinion, that the church really talked about and, mm-hmm. and that's really like real life issues mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm.
1: so yeah I was going to ask you about the closeness that you shared with your mother mm-hmm. in the moment that you found out that you were pregnant did you did it cross your mind to call someone and tell someone beyond the people that were closest to you in proximity
2: mm, nope okay. like I said when I found out my roommate, she was right next door. Then my other roommate, that actually went with me, she was like three, three dorms down. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were the people that I was with, you know, day in and day out. Um, and obviously the gentlemen that I, mm-hmm. you know, that I was involved in. So nope, I, I didn't even think about it.
1: What role do you think that silence plays in the abortion decision? So for instance, I too. And post-abortive and I did not tell my mother mm-hmm. and years later when I did tell my mother her response even broke my heart all over again because she said if you would have just told me we could have worked through this mm-hmm. like I would have never encouraged you or wanted you to have done that mm-hmm. and I felt kind of betrayed by my fear mm-hmm. to to tell her
0: Mm -hmm. because
1: I already had one child, you know. Mm -hmm. But the silence, I think, is what was crippling for me. Mm -hmm. Even after, and not sharing my story for so long, again, that silence kept my mouth shut. And and that's why it's so important for me to have women who have experienced abortion to share their story, Mm -hmm. because if we remain silent, Mm -hmm. nobody ever knows how real this topic is. So what do you think about the whole silence piece as you reflect? Well, the
2: silence is exactly what you said. It's fear, you know. Um, It's fear of not knowing what's next. It's fear of, oh, what are they going to think? You know, in your case, you already had a child. In my case, I never had a child, Mm -hmm. you know. What does that look like? Or, you know, is it going to ruin, you know, my reputation? You know, are they going to dog me? I I think that, honestly, and I don't want to play the blame game, but I think a lot of that has to do with religion and and how, you know, if you do this, you're going to hell. If you do Mm -hmm. that, you know, you're going to heaven. And it it's secrets. That's what I like to call Mm -hmm. it. And when you when you hold when you hold secrets like that, it causes many other problems. So obviously in my case, because I didn't tell my mother, who I know for a fact if I would have talked to her, we would I probably even wouldn't need to be sitting here giving you this interview. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you hold secrets like that, it leads to other problems, which unfortunately in my case, it led other problems to come. So silence, I mean, it it does nothing but make the problem worse. So to whomever is listening to this, I encourage you, even if you're pregnant right now, to call somebody. It doesn't even have to be your mom. Maybe it's a close friend or somebody that you trust, Uh, maybe it's your neighbor, maybe it's somebody you go to school with, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, somebody you grocery shop or go to the gym with, or reach out to somebody, because I'm telling you, that process after the abortion is just where it really gets started.
1: Right. How do you feel um, having shared your story today?
2: Oh, man. I share, you know, I actually uh, share my story out uh, aloud to more than, Two people, if you will, at my church some years ago. Probably like uh, five years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I shared it. And I remember uh, when our pastor had called and and talked to me about it. And I was like,
0: what?
2: (laughs) Like, (laughs) you want me to talk about having an abortion at church? Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. But... The crazy part about it is too Is that it was almost like it was a relief Because, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said You know, people over the years People, I started telling my closest friends You know, that this is what had occurred You know, and It's just a a part of my story But I never told my story And um, I remember him talking to me And he was like, it's cool He was like, you know, the Bible does tell us We overcome by the words of our testimony Mm -hmm. And that's just such a truth I didn't realize how true it was until I actually did it. Um, because I remember when I did tell my story at church, I it was such a freedom mm. that came with that afterwards. It was such a, dear Jesus, I thank you you right. know, for the ability to share my story. And it was really amazing after I shared my story, how there were people that came up for prayer. And I remember after praying for and with them, I just stayed on the altar. I think they ended up pastor somebody (laughs) was like it's okay you know Mm -hmm. but it was in a it wasn't a it wasn't a guilt or anything it was just a god i thank you for the ability to help somebody Mm -hmm. you know that may even in, in arab and actually at that time somebody that i did pray for they actually were pregnant that was they were thinking about it so to tell my story man oh my gosh it's just been incredible to tell my story, you know, even as I'm wrapping up a book about healing from abortion, just to be able to talk to women about it freely. It's so, it, actually the greatest freedom I have is when the enemy tries to use it in the most subtle ways, you know, especially when doing this podcast. This week has been hell.
1: Right, for me too. Like,
2: (laughs) I, I literally, literally, this week has been hell, and this morning I was in the shower, I said, Lord have mercy. I'm getting ready to do this podcast, and this right. is I, Jesus. Like you know, so that's that's where you know you're you're still gonna have your moments,
1: right. you know,
2: and I, and I have my moments, but it's in those moments that I thank God for the ability to have children. I thank God that one day I'll be able to see them, and I, and so I use it, I use it in that way. I won't I won't ever allow the enemy to have that kind of territory and reign again right. because of God's grace you know, he forgives us and we're able to soar and thrive. And in some cases, even better had we not gone <laughs> through, mm-hmm. you know, some of the things. So, you know, to tell my story, man, it has been great. Like, have that release and to be able to actually share with somebody else who who is who has not been able to be as strong or the ability to process, you know, for somebody who is post, as such as myself, as, as mm-hmm. that is post-abortive. So it's just great, man. Like, I mean, I always make this this ridiculous saying that my husband can't stand, but I, I tell him always, I'm like, dude, if I ran for office, it wouldn't matter because my stuff is out there. Like, right. you, you can't pull up. no, You can't say I had an abortion. You can't, you can't. And I would be like, you are absolutely correct. Now uh-huh. let me show you what grace and mercy looks like. Yes. He, he's like, please be quiet. But <laughs> I
1: like, love don't it. To yes, office. He's like,
2: no, you're not ready for office. It's not going to happen, but it's the truth. So you won't be able to, dig up any dirt on me so to share your story man that is such a powerful statement that do we do overcome um by the blood of the lamb and of the words of our testimony testimony, man man. like like, that is just oh my god I I didn't it's it's amazing how some scriptures don't really come to life for you until you have to experience Mm -hmm. them personally so that's like one of my favorite scriptures you know so to tell my story it's just it's a it's a freedom well
1: I appreciate you sharing your story with us I have a couple. Two questions, the segue about your when you mentioned your book Mm -hmm. is a great segue for me to ask about your healing process, Mm -hmm. and then we'll close by you sharing with us the title of your book and just a snippet about what it's about and access to your book, Mm -hmm. because I think stories are great and that we often learn the most from other people's stories. Mm -hmm. So what has the healing process looked like for you?
2: Well, so shortly after I had got out of uh, my domestic violence uh, relationship, I was referred to a therapist. And, you know, that's cool. that was cool. She was an amazing therapist. But it, there was still something not clicking. You know, there was something that I had, had not dealt with. And I remember very vividly, I was in the bed, and the Lord told me, He was like, Tomorrow I want you to go and have a burial for your children. Because I had named them, I had mm-hmm. named my children. And in that burial, he, he wanted me to forgive myself after I was finished. So there's a tree that's in Lansing. I went and I, I spoke and I apologized, you know, to my children for, for making those decisions. And I forgave myself. That, I think that was the, that's the, the biggest, the biggest feat of, in my opinion, mm-hmm. of healing from abortion. You know, I mean, you could talk about abortion until you're blue in the face, but you know, from healing from it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're not really fully healed until you forgive yourself. Right. And that was one thing that I had learned, because I am a creative. All things weren't b- becoming creativity for me. So getting tattoos, I will find myself chopping off my hair, mm-hmm. dyeing it a, a different color the next day. And I know some people are like, "Are you?" That can't be from the from having an abortion. But you'd be amazed by. It. The decisions and the choices that you make, mm-hmm. you know, based on the decisions and the choices that, that you you've made. made. And that was a part for me because I was looking, I was looking for a peace in my spirit. Mm-hmm. And and my outlet at the time was doing all these different things. But when I learned to start forgiving myself for the decisions that, that I made, I mean, it was a beautiful thing. I mean, did I forgive myself? It, although I, I said it and, you know in that moment did it happen like magically? Like right. absolutely not, you know? But one thing I did start start doing is is that I had created a sheet for myself. And I remember asking my mom, I was like I was like, what do you think if I change my name to Beautiful? She was like, What? <laughs> I was just like I'm like thinking about changing my name to Beautiful. She was like, Janelle, how about you just start saying that you're beautiful, you're confident, you're a overcomer. Mm-hmm. So I had created um this declaration if you will of becoming the Janelle that was before the abortions and And that confident woman and that beautiful person that I felt that I was, those were things that I had to do daily. And there were some things that I had to denounce, meaning some things that were called over my life when I was in an abusive relationship Mm -hmm. and, you know, feeling down about having abortions and things like that. That was a daily practice for me. You know, I started getting in my word. I started praying intentional prayers about, Lord, whatever it is you want me to do with what has happened, I'm willing and I'm ready to be that person. I didn't know that it was going to be starting out talking to people at my church about it. And, you know, I post on it about social media. I don't have a, I mean, it's amazing though when I do post on social media. how many, how much feedback you get on this Mm -hmm. stuff, man. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. But that process for me, I can say today I've been fully healed from this and this all started in 2000. I want to say the last five years, solid, I've been able to to be very confident in it, the person I was, you mm-hmm. know, before this all began. But it's a day by day, and you have to choose to forgive yourself, and you you have to you have to go through the process, man. You have to trust the process. People don't realize, like I say, you know, when you'll and I'll talk in, more about it, you know, when with my book. But abortion aborts processes that you may not even know. You you might be trying to lose weight and you haven't been able to lose weight because you continue to abort the process, mm-hmm. not realizing it's stemming from, you know, the decisions that you made. So My healing process has been, I have seen a therapist. I mean, I just think that to all you people out there who do not think that seeing a therapist is appropriate, please stop listening to those Mm lies. Therapy is amazing. I love it, and I I really love my therapist I have now. But I see a therapist even now, you know, just, you know, with the the work that I do, and just being a parent now, and a wife, Mm -hmm. and a mom. I mean, it's just important for your wholeness period. Mm-hmm. And so I've been with this therapist for the last few years and he's amazing. To be perfectly honest, we have not, we've touched on abortion my first day and we haven't talked about it since. Mm-hmm. And it's because I've healed from it. So, and it's been a day-by-day thing for me. It it didn't happen overnight, but it definitely starts with you forgiving yourself, for sure. Right?
1: Can you tell us a little bit about your book before we go?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm releasing a book this fall. My, my prayers is to do it by my birthday. That's really when I want to do it. My I have people like on your birthday like are you kidding me i'm like yes it's a day you know where we do celebrate life and i'm i'm hoping in that day that somebody that buys that book in that day they're going to be celebrating life because they're going to change their decision to abort Mm
0: -hmm.
2: so the book is 31 days of healing from abortion Mm -hmm. um it's really devotions and you know things that you speak into your life about healing from abortion you know or really um and some of those some of the chapters you'll, or th- 31 days you'll find you know pieces of my story and maybe it'll be for that person who's contemplating it and what right. that looks like it just totally changes their the trajectory of what it is that they're trying to do so that's what it is is 31 days of healing from abortion with scriptures and just things that the the holy spirit has given me to speak about and i'm excited about that it's been a long time coming to release this man i have like three books on abortion that are halfway there and I just mm-hmm. abort don't abort the process Do people not abort the
1: process.
2: <laughs> so give <laughs> me in your prayers but Definitely so my plan is to release that this fall.
1: Okay. Well you keep me posted on that and I will make sure that I spread the word for you. Absolutely. Thank you. Um I thank you so much for your time. You are a phenomenal woman. And you are beautiful. You could have changed your name too. yeah That's (laughs) so funny. funny. Um and one final thought that I have about um you being lied to in your first abortion. Mm -hmm. You know, love is truth Mm -hmm. and lies hate oh yeah you know to be resilient and to overcome those things is phenomenal and it is only by the grace of god that we overcome
2: it was funny before we close so that was in 2000 right
1: Mm -hmm. uh
2: three months ago three months ago i hadn't heard from that guy since 2000 three months ago he found me on facebook and he asked me could he call me
0: Mm -hmm. and i
2: was doing i was like what the heck now in this one i definitely called my mother first i was like ma you're not gonna believe this this dude has found me on facebook i'm all like i hate social media she's like janelle that is the lord like this is the final piece of the you know of definitely right, healing from abortion. Right. That's why I say trust the process. Trust ladies, the process. For sure. But yes, he, he inboxed me and he was like, you know, um, you probably hate me, which I did. You know, I had forgave him. That was part of my process too. Forgiving him. Yes. Man, Oh my God. Was forgiving him. But, um, he was like, you probably hate me, but he was like, I don't want to send a message to you on what it is. I have to say, I would rather talk to you. Um, and I ended up learning he still lives in Detroit, but, but, um, I was like, yeah, absolutely. No, wait. It took me like two days to respond to him. (laughs) It took me like two days to respond to him. Because I'm calling my mom. I call my first lady like, yo, this dude is in my inbox. What is going on? And um, finally, two days later, I ended up just texting or sending a message to him, my phone number. And man, when he called, I, I, it was 313, Detroit, and I was like, oh, Jesus, give me the strength, Lord. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and and I knew I was okay, but I was just like, I haven't heard this man's voice. It's 2017. That's like right. 17 right. years later, you know? And um, so he called, and he was just like, hey, how are you? And, and I was like, I'm good, you know? He was mm-hmm. like, you sound good. He was like, I mean... He was like, I'm not a Facebook stalker. He was like, <laughs> but he was like, you look like nothing ever happened. And I was just like, man, that's, that's God's grace. You know, yes. like I don't, I don't, I can't take credit for any of the way that I'm looking. And, and, and he said to me, Janelle, I hate myself every day. He was like, every day I hate myself. I have the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, you know, He was like, How? He was like, How did you heal from that? You know? And I'm like, listen, you have to forgive yourself. It's it's really that's where it starts, you know. And I was like, God's grace is sufficient, you know, to cover, you know, the decisions that we made, you know, and he was just like, I just don't know. He was like, I just had to call and tell you. He was like, I'm sorry it's seventeen years later, but I'm sorry. He was like, I'm sorry. Um, for putting you through that. He's like I'm sorry for whatever therapy you've had to go through. I mean this dude was on the phone bawling. I'm like oh my I'm sitting with the phone on mute like oh my god like, Damn. oh my, I can't believe this but it's just so amazing how God brings things back around to full circle you mm-hmm. know I say that to say pray for that person too Right. you know for those who are post abortive and I remember praying for him like you know Lord keep his mind safe because you know they say in just relationships period that men think about this stuff later on and right. not in the moment and to know that he's really been tormented for the last 17 years was just I'm just like wow you know so I ended up praying with him before we hung up the phone but that was the longest 10 minutes I've ever (laughs) experienced in my life but I had to tell you guys though God has a way of of bringing things back full circle man and with that when he called I definitely knew that this part of my life you know this was done you know Mm -hmm. like I I'm still shocked and I'm still just grateful for that but I knew that this was, this is what I needed. You know, even my mom was like, this, she was like, you needed this before your book came out. You yeah. know, you needed that yeah. that, closure, that closure, you know. So be prayerful, ladies and gentlemen, too. I, guys, for you, you know, you've experienced it with someone um, that maybe you were in a relationship with or wasn't in a relationship with and you didn't agree with their decision. You have to forgive yourself, too that is it's this it's this it's the same thing you have to be able to forgive yourself and give that to the lord and know that his grace is sufficient mm-hmm. um because it, it, it's the same it's the child is yours you know so i had to put that in there cuz i totally forgot that yeah. from me like well, a
1: few thank ago. you because yeah. abortion impacts not only women but it impacts men too yep, absolutely. they're even more silent often than we are mm-hmm. um and so that's a that's a shameless Plug for the men there. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And I thank you for sharing your story with us. These are um, abortion stories from the womb to the heart, and I hope that your story pierces the heart of someone. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. Yeah,
2: my pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to Abort Now: Abortion Stories from the Womb to the Heart. If you have not already done so, please be sure to go to iTunes or SoundCloud to subscribe, share, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to share your abortion story or know someone who would, please email me directly at info at abort-now.com. And remember, your story has the power to inspire someone else, and a story untold never fully unfolds.